everyone. Uh, welcome back to Caves and Japes, your number one podcast for uh, M&M incidents. They tried to save me by just throwing themselves all over the floor. So if you hear um, me eating M&Ms, it's because I was I was too weak. I was not strong enough. <laughs> it's because he made the decision to eat M&Ms during podcasts and then continued to make the decision to pick up the M&Ms off the floor so that he could eat them. Look... I I wanted chocolate for hours, but did I? No. I was sitting on my couch reading <laughs> slow burn Din Luke fanfiction. <laughs> <laughs> this this whole experience is just like start to finish, just like Briar parentheses Briar. <laughs> That's the vibe. <laughs> I stopped reading it at like... Oh, if you heard that thunking sound, that was the dog walking by very excitedly, hitting her tail against my door. Um, oh. Uh, <laughs> I stopped reading it because it has very long chapters. And... I hit the end of a chapter and I was like, I'm not going to be able to finish this chapter before I have to record podcast. <laughs> so I guess I have to find something else to do with the next 40 minutes. <laughs> oh no. So sad. I know. It's going to be <laughs> rough editing this later and being like, oh, but I could be reading that fic. <laughs> we cancel our like, our second episode ever in the history of the show because we're like listen Briar really wanted to finish his fan fiction it's okay I could finish it tomorrow all right I believe in you thanks I don't Stay deserve strong. it <laughs> anyways so today we are uh going to talk about a Marvel Comics character. Uh, I think Sam suggested this uh, a little while back. Uh, and it has been on our list for a long time. And now we are talking about him. Uh, the Sentry. Or just Sentry? I don't... <laughs> Parentheses the Sentry. Sentry comma um, the... Yes, exactly. Uh, who is a relatively recent uh, and somewhat lesser known Marvel character. Uh, but there's some, uh, some interesting stuff there that we're going to talk about. Um, the, so I, <laughs> I opened up the Wikipedia article to check and the title is Sentry, but then above the art of him, it says the Sentry. So, what is the truth? It's it's comics. <laughs> it's comics, baby. Uh, to talk uh to talk about Sentry, the Sentry. Uh, we first have to uh 
take a little bit of a dive into uh, Marvel Knights. So in uh, the 90s, uh, in the late 90s, Marvel was doing very, very badly financially. Uh, they had just filed for bankruptcy, uh, in part due to, like, one of their, like, uh, investors named, whose name was Ron, uh, Perlman, but spelled <laughs> slightly differently with, like, like an, like, E-A, um, it's Ron but Perlman, I, but not that Ron Perlman. Not that Ron Perlman, but I did, I was reading some of these blog posts about this, and they spelled it Ron Perlman like the actor, and I was like, he what? <laughs> <laughs> um, for the different, a different Ron Perlman. So, uh, Marvel was looking for ways to, uh, try and you know, uh, just kind of throwing some spaghetti at the wall, uh, so that they could keep making comics. Um, and one of them was, uh, contacting, uh, Joe Quesada and Jimmy Palmiotti had an independent, uh, publishing group called Event Comics. Um, and they were both, like, you know, well-known comics people. They'd both done work for Marvel. Marvel uh, contacted them and asked if they would be uh, interested in uh, publishing some Marvel titles uh, under this imprint, Marvel Knights. And the idea was that they would be sort of... Uh, I don't think this term was really in use at the time, but, like, prestige comics. So they were taking somewhat, uh, like, slightly lower tier Marvel characters. Um, the first four titles they outsourced to them were, uh, Black Panther, Punisher, Daredevil, and Inhumans. Um. Those don't seem like lower tier comics. <laughs> not, no, not really, but, like, just ones that were like not like the number one like top sellers and also like characters who didn't necessarily like need a lot of like complicated like universe connective tissue kind of stuff like characters that you could conceivably do uh like sort of standalone stories with um, so, like, they were sort of, they were, I don't think, like, non-canon, um, but they were intended to be, you know, like, standalone books that you could pick up without, you know, needing to know what was going on in the Marvel Universe, and that could be, like, you know, enjoyed on their own. Uh, and also, again, because, like, Marvel had no money. They were like, yeah, just like, just go nuts with it. You know, just like get whatever, uh, tell, hire whatever like creative people you want, tell them they can do whatever they want with these characters. Um, so like 
sort of the same thing that happened with like Tom King doing like Mr. Miracle and like Vision. Like the idea was to have these sort of, you know, artistic standalone superhero books. Um, and they, uh, Marvel Knights, uh, so after like, Marvel Knights lasted until, uh, in 2006, it was sort of incorporated into, like, proper Marvel continuity. Um, and they still had, like, sort of comics being published under the Marvel Knights, like, label. Uh, it, uh, it did, it did pretty well. And Joe Quesada was also, uh, uh, promoted to editor-in-chief of Marvel, partly because Marvel Knights did so well. Uh, so he started kind of seeking out stuff to be published under the imprint, and he had this idea. He was like, Marvel doesn't really have, like, a Superman character. Like, most of the characters who are, like, very high power level like that are, like, kind of doing more, like, cosmic stuff. Uh, or they're wizards, which is different. <laughs> no, are you sure that Superman's not just a wizard? You know, there's no- no one can prove that Superman isn't a wizard. Uh, so he, uh, sought out a pitch, uh, from writer- Paul Jenkins, uh, who had had this idea, um, since the, the 90s, uh, about kind of, like, working through this concept about, like, a middle-aged character, uh, struggling with addiction. He, uh, like, pitched it in, like, a few different forms to, like, different publishers, like, as you know, kind of, like, at one point it was a horror story, like, a few different things. Uh, a lot of this comes from, uh, Rick Veitch? Or Veitch? Um, I don't... <laughs> I... There are so many comic book people that I have only ever seen their names written out. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, Rick Veitch had, like, a kind of, like, series of blog posts about this where he talked about uh, the inception of this character, because he, according to him, he, like, got together, uh, with Paul Jenkins to work through this and, like, turn it into something that they could pitch as this Marvel Knights book, um, and, you know, came up with this, like, concept of this guy who's, like, a former superhero and, now he's, you know, kind of, like, older and, like, he, he doesn't really have his life together. Uh, he has a dog. Apparently that was a consistent part of the pitch throughout the whole time. They're like, he's got to have a dog. Um, I mean, fair. Yeah, like, great, great ideas. Uh, and they were like, okay, well, this is going to be a Marvel character, uh, but we're like, you know, we want him to be kind of a former superhero. Why? 
has he not like shown up before? Like, what's our reasoning that, you know, we'd be introducing this person who was a superhero for a long time, but nobody knows about him. Uh, and they decide to make that the sort of, uh, like central theme of the book is that this guy, uh, forgot that he was a superhero and suddenly like his memories start coming back to him and he needs to figure out what happened. Uh, you know, why doesn't anybody remember that he existed? Uh, and that is, uh, that was sort of the pitch that they brought to Marvel Knights and it got picked up, but, uh, Paul Jenkins was hired to write it, um, and they got Jay Lee to do the art. Apparently, like, uh, uh, Veitch was, like, according to him, surprised by this, because he was expecting that the two of them would do it together, but, like, Jay Lee was sort of a, a bigger name, possibly was the reasoning. Um, so he ended up not really working on the book after, you know, coming up with some of the concepts, uh, and it changed a little bit, but that the central concept is, you know, this, uh, this character who was a superhero who somehow, uh, was forgotten about. And in the, uh, the lead up to it, when they were advertising it, uh, they got Stan Lee's permission to, like, do this sort of viral, early viral marketing campaign where they treated it as if, like, this character was a forgotten Stan Lee creation that they had, like, unearthed from the vault. Um, that is pretty cool, though. It is pretty cool! Like, I would, I, I, if I was reading comics in the year 2000, I would have been kind of stoked about it. Uh... And they, like, in the the comic proper, they had a bunch of, uh, sort of flashbacks, uh, that were drawn in the style of, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s, like, comic, like, WandaVision. <laughs> yeah. Uh, comics of, like, different decades to be like, no, these were, like, the centuries you know, former adventures that everyone forgot about. Um, so, who is the Sentry? Uh, the Sentry is a man, uh, named Robert Reynolds. Uh, he is, at the time that he is introduced, he is a, uh, he's older, he's struggling with what seems to be a somewhat ambiguous addiction, uh, <laughs> you know, addiction. Um, he, uh, has, he has a wife, uh, but I don't know if his wife is a later addition, but he does have a dog for sure. A hundred percent. Gotta have the dog. Uh, <laughs> is he married? I don't know. Does he have a dog? For sure. Absolutely. Uh, so the story starts out with him suddenly recalling that he is, uh, 
the sentry because his uh, arch nemesis, a being called the Void, is returning. Uh, and he realizes this and he goes to seek help from, you know, various Marvel characters uh, and also try and figure out what happened. Uh, he has this, he has, his powers, um, are very constantly shifting and not very well defined. Uh, he has the power of a thousand or maybe a million exploding suns. Honestly, too many exploding suns anyway. It's too many no matter, uh, no matter what you do. Uh, the... Initial stories are, like, uh, he gets his power from a serum that he drinks, and it, uh, he has a Superman equivalent power level, presumably. Um, and the story follows him going around, uh, tracking down various superheroes, and, like, through talking to them... Uh, they remember that they're like, oh, yeah, you were totally a superhero. Like, we interacted, like, a lot. This is wild. Um, he's especially, um, he is very close with, uh, Reed Richards. Uh, and it shows him, like, you know, going on a bunch of, like, old, like, classic adventures with the Fantastic Four. Um, and he also, uh... He's, like, very close with the Hulk, um, and the Hulk remembers who he is, but, uh, Bruce Banner doesn't, um, but the Hulk's like, yeah, this guy, and it's like, in you know, they tell the story about how when, uh, you know, he helps the Hulk sort of, uh, you know, overcome his anger and be more of uh, uh, a force for good. Um, and he, uh, they introduce, he has, like, a, uh, a watchtower. They, they deliberately include a lot of kind of, you know, old school throwback superhero concepts. Like, he has a watchtower, uh, he had a, uh, a sidekick named Scout, um, who was, uh, I do like that, Sentry and Scout. <laughs> that's, like, that's good. Like, <laughs> I'm like, it's too bad this was sort of used on, you know, a former sidekick superhero team that didn't actually exist. I mean, they do now because they were invented, but, like, I wish they had existed for all of those decades because it's a pretty good concept. It's good names. Yeah. Um, uh, but Scout, who has, uh, the same powers as Sentry, but, like, less, but Only also through, like... a hundred exploding suns. A hundred suns. A far more reasonable number of suns. Still too many. Oh, yeah. What if it's just like, oh, and my and my sidekick Scout, who only has the power of one exploding sun, and then like a scientist is just like, but that's that's so that's enough to like destroy the entire Earth. Why? 
Why are you saying that as if it is insignificant? <laughs> Why did you give this power to a teen? Um, he, uh, so his sidekick at the time of the story is an adult who has, like, also forgotten his former life and, uh, sentry, um, and he got, like, uh, he got badly injured fighting the Void, uh, at one point. Don't um, we all get badly injured fighting the Void? <laughs> Goddamn, if that ain't the truth. Uh, and also, uh, the dog, it's very important, dog named Watchdog. Um, Does the dog remember? Uh, well, the dog, the dog has stayed with him. I don't know if they can tell whether the dog remembers or not. <laughs> the dog's just like, hey, what happened to when we used to fight crime? Do you remember that? That was, that was wild. Uh, he also has, uh, he has a, a robot, like, assistant who, like, mans his watchtower named, uh, Clock, C-L-O-C, and it stands for... Something that I wrote down somewhere, but not a place that was convenient for me to find it. Um, Rip. Centrally located organic computer. Uh, okay. Who, yeah. I mean, fine. <laughs> uh, but it's a, it's a robot and we love to see those. Um, so he tracks down all these superheroes. Uh, he... Tells them, you know, uh, gets them to remember who he is. Tells them that the Void is coming back. Extremely dangerous. We gotta do something. Uh, and they piece together uh, that what happened was that the Void was actually part of the Sentry. They were like... Two, like, kind of halves of one being. Uh, and in order to prevent the Void from, like, manifesting and destroying the world, uh, Sentry used his powers to, uh, erase his existence from everyone's memory. Um. And that helped how? Because. Because comics. Because comics. He also erased it from his own memory. I think that's the main thing, is that he needed to forget, uh, he needed to, like, suppress his powers and forget <laughs> that he had them. But if he didn't also erase it from everybody else's memory, they'd be like, what are you doing? You hey, what happened to that century guy? I don't know. What? Who? You know, the um, century? <laughs> Uh, so he, uh, this, the original series ends with him, uh, doing the same thing, uh, in order to prevent the void from manifesting, erasing everybody's memories again. Uh, and this was initially, it was like a standalone miniseries for Marvel Knights, and then I think they also did, like, a series of kind of accompanying one-shots that were, like, his, like, past adventures with different superheroes. 
Um, but that's, uh, it ends with, you know, that, like, everybody forgetting again, but, you know, maybe, like, a little, like, one panel teaser that's like, ooh, but does he really remember? Who can say? Who uh, can say? And, uh, then, so, that's all, uh... That's it, that's the episode. That's, that's the whole episode. That, all of that stuff is fairly straightforward, uh, to explain as far as, you know, a standalone comics miniseries go. Uh, but now you have this character who is, canonically exists in Marvel continuity, uh, and a lot of complicated stuff going on. Uh, so that's not the end of the episode, because things keep happening. Ah, rip. I thought we were just going to have a short one today. Yeah, a short one, and you could go back to reading your fan fiction. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to do this to you. It's okay. Uh, It's all right. I should have expected this. Um. Nothing's ever easy with comics. Oh, damn. It really, uh, simply is not. Um, so he... In 2005, uh, Brian Michael Bendis introduces the Sentry to the New Avengers. Uh, he gets, like, his own, uh, sort of arc in it, uh, which you, (laughs) you kind of have to do with a character that has this much stuff going on. Um, he also gets, uh... In the same year, he has uh, another miniseries that's also written by Paul Jenkins. Uh, and then he makes some more appearances after that. Um, in Avengers, he shows up because there's a mass supervillain breakout of uh, one of the big supervillain prisons. Where they put all the supervillains, and then they all break out, and then everybody's like, oh no, how'd they all get out? They work together. Um, Solidarity between villains. You love to see it. You you know, that's really... (laughs) We should all take a page out of their book. Um, And so, uh, the sentry is in prison. uh, And... Matt Murdock comes to talk to him to be like, what is this, what is this guy's deal? Uh, and they find out that he, uh, turned himself in for murdering his wife, uh, and then discover that one of his enemies, like, psychically manipulated him, uh, to, like, think that he murdered his wife, um, but, and also, like, is his wife established- dead? No, his wife is alive. His huh. wife is fine. Um, his uh, sh- wife shout dies out. or see- Shout out to that villain for just being like, no, I'm just gonna make him think he killed his wife. Yeah, I'm not gonna kill his wife. No. Like, jeez. Terrible. She didn't do anything to me. Oh. Um... His wife dies or seems to die many times over the, uh, the course of these comics. Um, Unfortunate. 
Uh, it also, uh, it, like, establishes that the, like, there are comic books about him that exist in-universe because he subconsciously used his powers to implant his memories into the mind of Paul Jenkins, who wrote the comics about him. Um, and, uh, he joins the Avengers after they, uh, sort out that he did not, in fact, kill his wife, uh, and, uh, Emma Frost is able to, uh, undo this psychic control, um, and then, uh, then we start getting into the, uh, really weird <laughs> mental illness stuff, uh, where it, uh, establishes that, uh, this, okay, I'm not gonna lie to you guys, I, like, know, have seen the Sentry in a couple things, knew a little bit about him, definitely not super familiar, a lot of this was very confusing. So, if I make mistakes about the nature of the century, I apologize. Uh, I'm buckled up. I'm ready. Okay. So, it establishes that, uh, well, first of all, it's like, it establishes that as a teen, uh, like a teen drug addict, he broke into this secret facility and found this serum uh, and drank it thinking that it was drugs. Uh, and it was sort of drugs, but it was, I as mean, it turns out... Isn't everything kind of drugs? Everything the, is a little bit drugs. What's the definition of drugs? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Drugs are drugs are whatever you believe them to be in your heart. Mm. Um, it was it it what what it was was as freaking everything is in Marvel. Yet another variation on the Captain America Super Soldier Serum. Um, I mean, what else would it be? What else could it possibly be? But instead of making you just a very uh strong and fast guy. Uh, it gives you the power of a thousand or possibly a million exploding suns. Um, How do you quantify that? Who did this science? Who? I Listen, I need to speak with your supervisors, please. Uh, I think later Bendis does like another retelling of this story where it's like, oh, also... Actually, when he drank uh, the serum, there he it, there was a huge explosion, and like uh, a bunch of people there died, but the government covered it up. Um, okay. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't g g grim enough. Um, so in uh, in the second Century miniseries, they introduce his. Uh, psychologist, uh, Dr. Cornelius Worth, <laughs> a very, a very psychologist-y name, uh, who is trying to piece together the nature 
of Robert Reynolds and the Sentry and the Void. Uh, because... Aren't all he... psychologists trying to find the nature of the Void? <laughs> Once again, correct. Uh, he has, like, begun to suspect... It seems like every, like, heroic thing that the Sentry does seems to be, like immediately balanced out by, like, an evil thing from the Void. Uh, and he attempts to talk to Robert Reynolds about this, uh, and he starts kind of struggling to maintain control of, uh, the Sentry and the Void, who now have been established as, like, two separate personas, but in more of, like, a dissociative identity disorder way, um, rather than, like, a cosmic being kind of way. Uh, Interesting. Yes. Uh, And this, uh, this version of it, uh, goes to say that the Void is actually, like, Robert Reynolds' is like, true persona, and the Sentry is this separate entity that he manifested. Uh, but, like, at some point, <laughs> at some point they do both, like, manifest, like, as, like, separate individuals, but I guess when you have the power of a million exploding suns, you can just, uh, do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, and, like, the, uh, the Void, like, says that, like, oh, you know, when you, like, you drinking the serum is what, like, created me, and I've been, like, lurking here and biding my time, waiting so I could take over and, uh, you know, destroy the world (laughs) and do evil and crimes. Just love doing crimes, man. I Love, uh, there's, uh, they do this whole thing also where it's, like, he discovers that, like, he's actually, like, a mental patient and he's hallucinated all of this. And then it's, like, he's not actually a mental patient. The idea that he's a mental patient is, like, a, uh... Like, a false memory that was implanted in him by S.H.I.E.L.D., who's trying to, like, keep him under control. Um, S.H.I.E.L.D., that's not okay. Just stop it. Freaking stop it, S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, so, just, like, just a lot of layers. This second miniseries seems to, like, really kind of just make things extremely confusing for me maybe it's not confusing to actually read and it's just confusing to try and parse a summary of uh but there are a lot of layers to it um it like uh it doesn't help that they like seem to establish a few different concepts of like what his powers are, uh, because it's this super soldier thing, as, you know, classic, um, that 
enables him to, like, control molecules is the official explanation. It's, he can, God, uh, this is unhinged, he can move his molecules an instant ahead of the current timeline, um, which is nothing, it seems to be nothing. That sounds like nothing. It really does sound like nothing. <laughs> um, but, like, the initial story seemed to be a, somewhat of a more, like, cosmic force sort of theme. Um, apparently in, like, uh, there's another miniseries that, like, implies that the Sentry is, like, a, uh, like life force or being like uh the specter or whatever the like green lantern like god things are called um that's sort of like possessing him uh there's also apparently they like <laughs> um like frequently like reference like christian god like maybe this is like a bible thing uh so why why great question why uh, why to any of this uh he has shown up in uh a few like crossover events uh he uh is, like, technically on, like, the pro-registration side in Civil War, but, like, he doesn't want to get involved, uh, because of, you know, his one million exploding suns thing. Um, he also, uh, he's on the Mighty Avengers after Civil War. Uh, he, during... World War Hulk, he sort of, uh, uh, ultimately stops the Hulk, uh, when the Hulk is, uh, uh, trying to, uh, build a, a gladiator arena in New York City and, uh, get a bunch of superheroes to fight each other to the death because he's mad at them because they sent him into space. <laughs> I mean, it's fair. He's not... I mean, he shouldn't do that, but he's valid. Uh, and they try to get the sentry to help because they're like, you, the Hulk remembers you and you're his friend and you are also extremely powerful and can you please stop the Hulk from trying to kill anybody? And uh, the sentry doesn't want to because he's like, you know, this would like using my powers, like, if I lose control, you know, the void shows up, and also just, like, in general, if I lose control, I could just, like, destroy the planet, basically. Uh, but he manages to, uh, to, once the Hulk is sort of, <laughs> once they basically have no other choice, uh, he goes and tries to stop the Hulk and does almost lose control of his powers, but the Hulk manages to stop him, and then they both just sort of, like, revert back to their normal forms. Uh, and he, uh, he's on, uh, Norman Osborn's Dark Avengers. 
um, just, uh, just hanging out, um, like, it's, he's, like, under the influence of the void, but, again, I'm not really sure what that means, given everything else that's been established, and I don't know if, uh, comics do either, um, but, uh, he, I think his wife actually dies, uh, after Siege, but maybe she comes back because, like, frickin', he's got all of the powers in the world. Uh, he seemingly is killed and then comes back to life. Uh, it's, like, established basically that he can't be killed and he will regenerate from pretty much anything. Um... I do hate that. I mean... It's already comics. Like, we know they're gonna come back. You don't have to, like, make a canon reason for it. Yeah, it's, uh... he in During King in Black, he... comes, uh... He helps fight the uh, titular king in Black. Um, and... He, uh, Null is his name of this man. Uh, <laughs> Null with a K. Uh, Knull, uh, rips him in half while they're fighting and absorbs the void from Sentry's body into his own. Like a gusher. Like a gusher. But obviously, he's, uh,. Going to come back from that somehow because it's comics. Um, so there's there's a lot going on here. Um, a lot of which I have not actually read and cannot speak to, like the quality of or how it's portrayed. Um, but uh, I think there's sort of like a central sort of like a a stumbling block here which is when you have like a very high concept character uh that you developed as sort of a standalone thing uh you run into a lot of complications trying to make them fit into a larger continuity uh yeah. It's, like, sort of the... It's obviously a very different character from Deadpool, uh, but sort of the Deadpool problem, where, like, when you have Deadpool in his own books, it's, like, he operates by comedy rules. It's, you know, who... Like, Deadpool is going to, like, succeed at this if it's funny, and he's going to fail at this if it's funny or if he fails. Um... And, you know, like, the, the, the fourth wall thing, um, it becomes, like, hard to sort of mesh all that with, uh, a, like, standard, you know, <laughs> superhero comic. So either, like, Dead, Deadpool is just, like, very tonally weird there, or he's not really Deadpool. Yeah. <laughs> um... And I or think... they're just like, uh, yes. no, he's actually in space for reasons we're not going to go into. So he will not be 
appearing in this big yeah. world shattering um event. No, he's just uh he's just in space actually. Yeah, sir not appearing in this issue. Um and I think I think it seems like just reading through these summaries that there were a lot of people who wanted to use the sentry because it was a cool idea, but maybe weren't necessarily sure how best to incorporate the sentry uh, into this just, like, regular superhero comic. And you maybe, listen, maybe they actually did a really good job, and I'm being really mean, and it's just that uh, these summaries made it seem that way. Uh, so if you've read more books with the Sentry in that, please let me know. Um, but I do think that's kind of, whether or not you succeed, it's like a hard thing to do. To, you know, take a character with set, like this kind of very specific kind of like metatextual pitch uh, and make them just like yeah he's just doing stuff with like iron man yeah hanging out this power he's just of a thousand exploding yeah. suns he, he does he's very rarely vibing it seems that whatever he's doing uh it is always extremely tumultuous um sucks but, uh yeah you know it's hard it's hard to have the power of an unknown number of exploding suns Maybe that's why they're so adamant about giving him a dog. <laughs> they're like, no, 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 no. He has to have a dog to pet. Please. Please, somebody. He needs an emotional support animal. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's all I have to say about the Sentry for now. Um, pretty weird. Pretty wild. Yeah. Uh, He's yeah. out there. He's, watch out. He's coming. Ooh. Um, did you, uh, anything you wanted to mention, add, discuss? Uh, no, I didn't read any comics this week. Hmm. Uh, I did start a Luke Skywalker cosplay. Yes! <laughs> so that's fun. Now I'm just, I've just, I've done all I can before, uh, my fabric gets here, so now I'm just like, please, please arrive. <laughs> It feels so good to have a project again. <laughs> I'm so happy for you. Please let me make this poncho. Please, it's all I need in this world. <laughs> uh, how about you? Um, so I did, uh, I did read some comics. I did Ooh. actually, uh, I read kind of a large volume of comics. Congratulations. Uh, Yes, so here's what happened. Uh, uh, Invincible, the animated series based on the uh, comic book, came out on Amazon Prime uh, this past Friday, and I want to see it because I love obviously superheroes and cartoons and i've been meaning to read invincible for a long long time especially because friend and patron of the show sam uh repeatedly mentioned 
how good it was. Um, and then it made him cry. <laughs> and good I was things like, to okay. look for in a comic. <laughs> I mean, if someone is, tells me is... that the comic made them cry, I'm just like, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> where good can content. I, where can I get my hands on that one? <laughs> uh, so I have been meaning to read it for a while, and uh, now the show is coming out, and I was like, okay. Maybe if I, like, watch the first episode of the show, it'll, like, kickstart my interest, and then I'll, like, go and read all the comics. And then Sam in Discord was like, hey, just a heads up, if anyone wanted to watch Invincible, you should read the comics first, because they reveal a major plot twist at the end of the first episode that comes later on in the series, in the books. And I was like, oh, damn it. Okay, so I... <laughs> I gotta do these first. When, yes, so I bought the first volume, and then I read it, and then I borrowed volumes, like, two through six on Hoopla. Hell yeah. Uh, and I read all of those, um, and then I requested more of them from the library, because <laughs> I do... The um, library is just like, dang, yeah, dang. Some of these really, somebody really wants to get into these comics. Um, I don't love Hoopla's like digital comics interface, but like I also haven't really found a digital comics interface that like I like as much as reading a comic. Uh so now I have to wait for the library to produce that for me but i read a lot i read a bunch of invincible um are you it sounds like you're enjoying it it's really good um i like i knew i would um but starting new media is hard starting new media is so hard it's really good the like uh I was I was a little bit worried i was like is this gonna be like too much like sort of like kind of edgy for the sake of edginess but it's not it's like very earnest when it needs to be uh the sort of satirical aspects are all done very affectionately um not in the like hey comics are dumb and we're gonna make fun of them way uh the protagonist is extremely likable which i was also worried about um but he's great it's uh very i haven't cried yet but i have gotten very emotional um it's very like i don't know how to describe it it's like definitely very like mid-2000s image comics in tone um which is not a bad thing uh because i'm saying this is uh like uh it uh well why the last man is vertigo but it's what it just like they had a like reference like a kind of like tongue-in-cheek just like reference to why the last man in it and it like made me think it's like yeah inexplicably even though that's an extremely different comic this is making me feel the same way that why the last man makes me feel which is emotional <laughs> um <laughs> And, um, yeah, I'm excited to, I guess, read 
25 trade paperbacks of Holy this comic shit. so I can watch the show. Holy shit, that's so many. There's a lot of... I went to... Okay, also, I went to the comic book store thinking I would buy, like, the first couple of volumes. Um, comic book and... store person, give me as many of these comics as you can. Uh, there's 25. Never mind, I'll take one. I'll take one. I was I wanted to buy like the first few, but like not kidding, the comic book store had like one and then three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And I was like, ah, no, I hate it when that happens. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's very good. It's uh, like it is dark. For sure. It's not, like, again, it's not, like, just, like, edgy, bloody, gruesome, like, grimdark. Uh, but it has some pretty heavy stuff. A good amount of violence. Right. Um, but, uh, it's, it's very good. It's also very funny. So, you know, it, uh, balances out. Um, and I also... Uh, on a very different tonal note, I started watching, uh, Kid Cosmic on Netflix, um, which is the new show from, uh, Craig McCracken, who made, uh, Powerpuff Girls, uh, Wander Over Yonder, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends, my favorite. Oh my goodness. Um, and... It's a, uh, it's a very, very cute cartoon, uh, about a kid finding a bunch of, uh, mysterious, uh, space rocks that, uh, give him and his friend superpowers. Um, but it has a lot, it's like the color palette and sort of, uh, like, look of it is like very much influenced by kind of like golden and silver age comics uh and it's a lot of kind of very affectionate like love letter to a lot of those things uh so if you uh like cute fun cartoons and <laughs> you want something that is maybe uh less of an emotional roller coaster than invincible is uh it was, it's very cute. I like it a lot so far. Uh, but those are, um, those are, those are some things. Those are some things that I am doing. Um, Want to know something funny? Yes. My headphones died. <laughs> so oh! Now, so now it's just like I'm talking on the phone. <laughs> oh, that's, I, you came on and I was like, you sound different. Yeah, all of a sudden my headphones were like, power off and i'm like oh shit <laughs> no more of this i'm done gotta gotta pick up my phone now if i want to hear olivia <laughs> just having a nice little phone chat between mm -hmm. friends sitting uh, in front of a microphone a... this is normal yeah, exactly normal uh we are wrapping it up though, yes so yes. no I, it's fine i'm not worried You're, about it you'll be free i just um, find it very funny it is funny Anyways, if you want to uh, keep up with us, we can, uh, you can follow us on the internet. 
you can find us on uh, Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, and Instagram, just at Capes and Japes. Uh, we have a Discord server. Uh, if you want to, oh, we have an email address. It's capesandjapes at gmail.com. If you want to send us an email, we have a Discord server um, where you can come and chat. If you are watching Invincible or are going to, uh, people are pretty excited about it. So <laughs> you could come and be excited about it in Discord. Uh, we, uh, we have a Patreon if you want to support us on there. I did another thing I did over the weekend was I watched the Snyder Cut. So Snyder Cut bonus episode coming next month. As soon point. as I watch it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I gotta put, or, I pu gotta put aside four hours. <laughs> just four hours of your life. Just like put it on the background while you work on your poncho. God, no, because I gotta, I wouldn't pay attention to it. And then I'd get to the bonus episode and be all like, honestly, I don't know. I was reading uh, How to Sew. Yeah, I, I don't know what happened, but I made this great poncho. Yeah, I, I mean, superheroes were there. Um, <laughs> They're in it. They, they sure are there. Uh, but yes. Uh, if you can't, uh, support us on Patreon, another way to help out the show is leaving a rating and a review. We love that. Telling a friend if you think they would be interested. And just, uh, just coming back and joining us, just as you have today. So thank you for being here on this episode of Capes and Japes. I have been Olivia. And I have been Briar. And, as always, we must fight the void. <laughs> We all must in time.